It's your Cougar Preview Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. We are live down here today and would love for you to come by and say hi. 4500 South State Street. All right, you and I will be doing nothing but talking BYU football for the next uh, hour and 48 minutes. Getting you ready for uh, BYU and Navy. Ken Niamatololo will join us coming up at about uh, 1240. So you get a chance to hear from him. We'll also talk to a member of the radio broadcast as well. So gather around the radio, folks. We're excited for what should be a fun day today. Man, it's really strange, isn't it? I <clears throat> Typically by this time, I'm so sick of covering camp and so sick of talking personnel and to, to the point where I hear that music and I'm thinking, oh, man, it's game week that I'm overly excited and it just feels right. And it's weird, man. It's I'm sure it's tough for BYU fans. I, they've got to be thrilled and excited, but it's probably been tough to go through camp and only get the information you're getting. They're not getting the typical breakdowns. But, Scotty, as you know, as I always do, I've done some extra homework. Uh, I've talked to coaches. Uh, I've tried to follow all the storylines and try to give you the best and most up-to-date information on BYU and, and Navy that I can. So uh, there's a lot to get to as we kind of break this game down. And, you know, it is weird. And I think we can just acknowledge that everything we're talking about today is going to feel a little weird and disjointed because this season is so strange. And even with BYU playing it, it still feels like even though BYU's doing all the right things and they're testing three times a week, it still feels like the carpet could get pulled out from underneath us at any given moment. And it may not even be BYU's fault. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we might – I was on a, a a meeting this morning on a Zoom call, uh, and somebody said, well, what happens if Friday morning Navy announces that every offensive lineman have tested positive? And we're like, well, then we probably don't have a game. I mean, that's – until you get guys in the stadium and you kick that thing off, I think all of us are just on pins and needles wondering what's going to happen. Real Salt Lake was an, <clears throat> was an hour and a half away from kickoff. Uh, something like that, yeah. Or an hour. Yeah. They had, the, they had a, a bulk of the fans that were in the stadium. It was, it was that close to kickoff time. And, and it's not always going to be COVID that potentially cancels it now. It could be the civil rights situation where there are protests and, and players decide that they want to have their voices heard. And we've seen, man, protests can hit at any time. It hit in the NBA bubble what I would have seen as the most secure playing environment in the country and it wasn't covid that took them out it was civil rights that took them out and that led to nhl major league baseball major league soccer wnba so you're right scotty i'm not putting anything in stone but you and i are optimists at heart yeah we like to look at the bright side of life we've tried to do it all through this covid mess and so i think both you and i are pretty set that this is going to happen and I'm going to try to stand by it as much as I can. This is going to happen. If I had to give you a percent, I still think it's 95%. For Navy or for the season? For, for Navy, for the, oh. for the opener. For Navy, I put it, I mean, I'd even go higher. I think we're 98, 99. Like, okay. we would have to have a real disaster for this thing to get, for this thing to fall apart. Because we are really close, and they have been following protocol, and 
I know things are going really well with the, of course, exclusion of a couple of injuries at BYU. I've not seen any major injuries at Navy, but a couple of injuries at BYU that are causing problems. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe it's going to happen. And BYU fans, you have every right to be excited and thrilled and, and even gloat a little bit. Now, I wouldn't gloat and say, well, Utah just couldn't handle the pressure. I don't think this was Utah's decision. In fact, yeah. I've talked to enough people that I believe that if Utah could line up tomorrow, they'd, they would want to do it. Yeah. Guys that I trust, they would want to do it. But that right was taken away from them in a, a joint decision. Well, I also believe, yes, you're right on that. And I talked to, I did the uh, Utah State Coaches Show last night, and John Hartwell was on there, and he said, you know, look, he goes, I can't speak for a high level of certainty, but I also believe that if our conference consisted of Wyoming and Colorado State and us and, you know, Boise, then we probably could have played. The problem is you mix in California schools into the mix, and they're dealing with, uh, different restrictions there than a lot of other schools are. And so same thing with Pac-12. I think if the Pac-12 was Utah, Colorado, um, you know, and, and more of a Western states outside of California and maybe Washington, then you'd probably have a Pac-12 conference wanting to play football right now. Mm-hmm. There's just some states that you just it just wasn't going to be feasible. But BYU is able to pull it off, and, and Independence is working Independence in their favor. has worked out beautifully for BYU this year. And I'm really happy for it. And I know, Scotty, I know you're happy for it. Oh, absolutely. You know, you've got a lot of responsibilities on this station. And BYU kicking off on Monday does a lot for us, draws attention, ears, eyeballs. People are interested in what's happening. I, I, I want to be able to do my video breakdowns. Like, I, I look forward to this every year. I, I love, whether it's – typically Sunday night, sometimes it's Monday morning, I put a game on a full review, and I find the moments I find most interesting, and, and I break them down. And I post those on a, on YouTube and tweet them out, and people get to kind of see my breakdown of what I understand of the game. And it's fun, and I love it. And this time of year is always our favorite, but it's just weird. Yeah. And I understand it if, if it's weird for others out there, but Scotty and I are going to do our best to bring you the information. Yeah, we got your back on this one, too, and I think Cougar fans are uh, – you you mentioned, you know, go ahead and gloat a little bit. And I think I – look, the fans didn't really do anything about it, but I think BYU themselves – and, and they'll, they'll take the high road on this, but this is another case where, you know, remember back in June, July, we were really nervous about BYU because we didn't know if they'd have anybody that they could play when everybody was going conference only. Uh, until I had a conversation with somebody who came to you and – came on air and said, I'm being told by them they are 100% confident that they can build a schedule. Yeah. At no point did administration or anybody anybody who was involved in the schedule building process, they never felt like they wouldn't be able to build a schedule. They just didn't know who they could build a schedule from. Yeah. You know, but they felt like, well, if those two conferences go, we feel like we can manage this conference or manage these teams – they always had confidence that they could build that. But the initial, yeah, that initial impact, Scotty, you and I came on air, made that next day, and we're like, geez, man, if these all go to conference, what's BYU going to do? They, they'd always kind of felt like they were going to be able to get some games out there. Yeah. Now, they always showed confidence to me, but that doesn't mean even they had moments of, oh, yeah, man, Let, like, let's yeah. just say that it is all doors shut on non-conference. I even think then, I think that they were looking at 
FCS. I think they were looking at in-state rotation. I think they they were ready to scrap and claw and put together anything they could so that they could get these guys out on a football field. I know the level of competition isn't what we expected it would be going into this season. Um, you know, with the original schedule that was put in place, but you're playing eight games, and Tom Homo even mentioned, like, look, we're still we're still in play for more games too. Like, you know, there's because you know some of these bigger conferences gave themselves some buffer weeks <clears throat> because you know there might be outbreaks and they might need to push games back. If they don't need to, they've got some open weeks. We might be able to sneak in and play some games. Mm-hmm. So there's still some opportunities on the table for BYU. It's kind of hard to know where exactly to start on our opening of BYU preview show. Um, it's kind of difficult. But, Scotty, I think I think we get into schedule. Yep. And then I think we get into personnel. And then I think we get into BYU-Navy matchup. Uh, you'll hear from Ken Niamatololo coming up a little bit later on in the program, the head coach of the Naval Academy. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network as we are live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street. Beautiful facility. Great guys here. Going to help you out with whatever issue you may be dealing with. So these Nissan all-wheel drives? Yeah. You've got one. You're driving it through the snow. Yep. You just love what the, the, the road security? Well, yeah. I mean, there's some. I drive a Murano. My wife drives a Pathfinder, both with all-wheel drive. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there's a certain level of comfort and safety knowing that, you can drive on some pretty gnarly roads and you're still going to be okay. Like I drove my Murano to Wyoming on several trips to cover Utah State Wyoming games and you mean Siberia. Siberia, yes. I, I apologize. And uh you know what? I've had very little worries whatsoever. Yeah, cuz you could drive through Sardine Canyon, I mean a lot. I mean frankly, the only time I ever had a problem with Wyoming when I was driving a non Nissan. Yeah, and I, that was last time and I know the vehicle. Yeah. And that did not go well. It was a truck, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not a Titan, though. It was a different. And that's crazy that your, Mor- make. your Murano is going to hug onto the, the oh. road tighter than a truck. Tighter than that truck did, that's for sure. That's interesting. All right. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, Mark's hanging out with us again with uh, Tim Daly, Nissan, hey, and Murray. Hey. Let's talk about that forever warranty again. I okay. Love it. Yeah. I can't believe you guys throw that in as just an added value. Like, oh, here you go. Enjoy that's, it. That's pretty groundbreaking, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, you come in, you, you get a car, you you expect, you know, okay, I got some warranty from the manufacturer. It doesn't last very long, three years, 36,000 miles. I plan on keeping the car, you know, a lot longer. Wham. Tim Daly Nissan comes along because you bought it from us. We give you a forever warranty, which lasts for the whole time you own the car and unlimited miles. And you throw in that uh, medical-grade sanitizer as well. That's right. We do something called Drive Pure, and we uh, spray the interior and coat every surface inside that car. And it's good for up to six months. It's activated by the sun. Mm. So when you drive out there, it turns on, and it kills all of the bacteria and viruses in your car. So you can let people in your car and not have to think, oh, i got to wipe this thing down, which none well, of us have what? ever done in the <clears throat> past. And now we're yeah. having to think about it. Now you don't have to worry about it. And what, six months that stuff lasts? Six months, yeah. And then you can come in and get, a, get it reapplied. It's something, And if you don't have it at all, you can get it in our service truck. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll do it for you on any car. I love it. Uh, and I, I think we also need to add that forever warranty applies to a high level of your used vehicles as well. That's right. Almost every single one of our used cars qualifies for that. Um, the ones that don't are just like really high miles cars. But, yeah. gee, you come in here, you get a used car, and you get a warranty straight off the bat that mm. you don't have to pay for. That's, that's pretty incredible. And low, low prices right now, guys, we're going into Labor Day. 
this is the time we make it for this month in September. We, we, we do it this weekend. So we have slashed all of our prices on our used cars. You'll see that when you're shopping on the Internet. You're going to look around and you're going, man, they got some good deals down there. That's I, why. This is, there, there are a few select weekends and events throughout a year you really want to keep an eye on. Labor Day is one of them. Yep, Memorial Labor Day. That's, those are the two big ones. Those are the two biggies. Yes. Huh? Let's make it happen. Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show, the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I have a pronouncement. Wait, can we get pronouncement music? I don't know what that would be. The um, fanfare? Do we, yeah, Gordon uses the word pronouncement. We probably <laughs> ought to got... dress it up. No. no, not that. <laughs> All right, let's get to your pronouncement. Jazz fans are not going to be disappointed with the jazz effort. <laughs> yeah, I thought after setting it up with a pronouncement, it would be like a little more than they're going to play hard. <laughs> that is so it's, funny. It is not funny. That is so not funny. funny at all. Turn this Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I think he's healthy, number one. Uh, I think that he had a great offseason. Not having to rehab or anything like that, I think it was a, able, he was able to just master his craft a little bit more and, and improve his game, and he worked really hard during the offseason. Just having that another year and, and more time under his belt and understanding the system, I think fall camp-wise, it was you know, this is his third fall camp. Instead of trying to establish himself as a player, now he's trying to compete, which he's going to have to do every time, compete and try to solidify his spot. But in the midst of doing that, he was able to work on his relationship his timing, iron out some things that, that he wanted to make become his strengths as a quarterback, and, and that it showed. Every position is going to have to compete. We'll play the best guys, and he definitely earned it. Cougar Preview Show continues on. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. All right, that was Kalani Sataki talking about his quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson, as a coming to a surprise to... Absolutely nobody. Zach Wilson named the starter for BYU as they get set to kick off the season on Monday when they take on the Naval Academy. And uh, I'm curious to see how he plays. I'm, seri- I'm curious to see what we're going to see this year from uh, some, from Zach Wilson. Uh, last year he came into the year dealing with an injury in the offseason. Uh, here he's had um, uh, a summer where, and you and I talked to him during the summer, he's healthy. Uh, and he feels like he's been able to get a lot of good work in, and uh, hopefully we see that out on the field for him. Well, I'm expecting to. I think that he'll be more mature. I think that he is a, a bookworm. I think that he's a video nut. I think he's a student of the game. And I, I think that we're going to see some evolution of his game a little more intelligent on what types of hits he takes. He's been brazen in the times that he's on the field for BYU. He's probably a little too brazen. (laughs) And I'd actually like to see him take that. I I know we reference Russell Wilson a little bit too often, but I'd like to see him take that Russell Wilson step or or even that Jordan Love step, if, if you want to talk about that. Jordan Love found a better way to not take the hits. And I'd like to see Zach do that because I don't want to see a broken thumb. No. I don't want to see a, a hurt knee or, or a jacked shoulder. I want to see this 
kid play eight or ten if they schedule another two or 12 if they get there. I want to see him play all the games because I think he's a special talent. And, Scotty, when you talk to guys that have been there at camp and watched him, nobody's been even close to him. And it, it was it's really been his job through most of this. And, I, I mean, I do believe uh, that – in their minds, they had a competition. Like Kalani can say they had a competition. I'm sure Kalani gave reps to other guys and they, with the full anticipation of let's evaluate everybody, see where everybody's at, and then make our decision. But there was no way Zach was ever giving this job up. And, and I like the fact that it was never in doubt. There wasn't any reports coming out of camp. And I know that we're not able to get a lot of eyes on there because of the virus. But there was never a day where it was like, he's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And Hall's making this this battle a lot closer than it should be. There, there, that was it was never in doubt. He also had more time, you know, in this delay and then being healthy, to have the off season healthy and have the delay healthy and to come into camp and have a, a healthy camp. This is the first full four or five months that he's really had yeah. to focus when he's not in season on his craft and his game without having to focus on recovering from something. And that's going to help Zach. You're going to see the benefits of that. Uh, does the lack – I think being healthy, I think um, some of these other things he's able to do, I think that over overcomes any issues of not having a spring ball. Don't you? I'm, I'm not worried about that in terms of Zach Wilson. I'm not either. I'm not either. I think um, – I know that he's got a pretty strict regimen of study. And I think – Physically, you know, obviously his throw and his release, I don't think you really need to fix his form. I think his form's really pretty. I think he's got a top-end release that I really like and spins it extremely well, and I think he has a really good understanding of footwork. So it's not like you're trying to kind of, uh, you know, perfect yeah. his his techniques. And it's and, not like you're bringing in a new OC with a new system or anything no. like that. No, going back with Aaron Roderick as the quarterback's coach and passing coordinator and Jeff Grimes as the offensive coordinator, he's got some continuity there. Uh, I don't think spring ball, a missing spring ball will hurt him. Now, if if Navy had a full spring ball, remember they had, what, three days of spring ball? Uh, Yeah, something like that. And they were early. I don't think Navy had a day of spring ball. Probably not. So they got a little bit in. Yeah, I'm not worried about that, Scotty. I think he's going to be ready. I do, too. And I think this offense is, uh, especially when you've got the offensive line, uh, you've got the quarterback play, and we'll talk about some of the injuries at running back and certainly a tight end coming up a little bit later on the program. But there's so many good elements that you can do if you have a good offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I know we talk more about it probably on this show than anybody else, but when you got five big uglies up front that have experience, that are extremely talented, it can overcompensate a, for a lot of other issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be the uh, the case for BYU. Not saying that there are a lot of issues, but, you know, so maybe some inexperience at running back and maybe, uh, you know, the loss of Bushman. But the fact is there's a lot of good things working for BYU from an offensive standpoint simply because of that experience and that talent at the offensive line. All right, Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We take a break, come back. And you'll hear from the head coach of the Naval Academy, Ken Niamatololo, coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. 
You're questioning Donovan Mitchell after what we just saw? Mitchell freaking laid it out on the line, man. Heretofore, going forward, from now on, commencing, beginning immediately. And there as. Reference to him from me, from now on, is B.A. <laughs> from this time forward, every time I'm referring to him, when I say B.A., that's him. That's who he was, man. Are you kidding me? That kid was a complete and total B.A. Even in defeat, he was even more of a B.A. than he was in victory. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerrard here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The head coach of the Naval Academy, Ken Niamatololo, will join us coming up here momentarily on the T-Mobile special guest line. Excited to chat with him and uh, get his thoughts on how this BYU game came together and how excited they are to playing BYU this year. Ken's got a couple of tough questions that need to be answered, and one of them is replacing one of the more incredible players you'll see in college football in Malcolm Perry. I mean, this guy, I, I don't know how many uh, quarterbacks or running backs Navy gets drafted, but this guy was a draft pick. He was that good. You know, when you look at the numbers of 2017 rushing yards on 295 attempts, he was averaging 6.8 yards per carry. He had 21 touchdowns 21 on touchdowns. the ground. This guy was all everything, an absolute nightmare for defenses. And, um, and so Coach Ken's got – some big shoes to fill. But, but, Scotty, they've also got a staple of defenders that are coming back that I think he can really rely on. And I think he's got a team that he probably feels pretty confident in. This is a 10-2 a and two returning team. And uh, they've set the bar very, very high there. And uh, they, the expectations are that, uh, that they'll keep it rolling, too. Uh, joining us now on the T-Mobile special guest line, the head coach of the Naval Academy, Ken Niamatololo, kind enough to join us. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, the, the pleasure's all ours. I know it's been a crazy offseason. It's been a crazy year trying to put a, uh, a season together, but just how excited are you to line up against BYU coming up on Monday? Uh, we're super excited just to be able to play. Uh, none of us thought or none of us were sure what would exactly happen back in March. But now to be, you know, at the beginning of September and knowing that we're going to play, you know, first of all, it's great. And be able to play a really good football team and program like BYU is even more exciting. Coach, how difficult has the journey been from finding out that you are playing, getting into camp, and now getting to game day with you know all the different COVID responsibilities and things that you had to put in place? How difficult has all that been for you? It's been a crazy year, obviously, you know, for everybody. You know, not just football coaches, but for everybody, this has been a unique year. Um, but we've tried to just adapt. Uh, we're just like, you know what, um, a lot of people have it way worse than we do. Uh, we've tried to listen to the, our doctors and medical people and our scientists and, you know, whatever information we could gather to make sure, first and foremost, our players would be safe. We would be safe as coaches and our families and our staff. And then we went from there, devising a plan that we feel good about. You know, our protocol, we feel like at our 
football office and football program has been great. We've had several tests with no positives. Uh, you know, we feel good about what happens. You know, our student body starting to come back and things are still going great. So you feel good. We've had to sacrifice a little bit on the football side of it. So we'll see, you know, how that goes. You know, but I feel like first and foremost, the first obligation was to make sure that we were safe. And then I just, then we try to adjust from there. But some of the football that we practice, if you'd have looked at it, like, uh, that doesn't look like football. But we just had to do the best we could to try to get ready to keep our people safe. A lot of the ability to be able to have a season and finish a season depends on the responsibility of, of those players to make sure that they don't put themselves in situations where they could be uh, catching that virus. How have your players embraced that responsibility to making sure that uh, they're doing the right things and being in the right places at the right time? Well, I feel like that's one of our pillars of who we are as a football program. You know, we, we want to be a team that loves each other, that's a tough physical team, but also discipline. We, that's one of our calling cards, one of our hallmarks. And so I, it doesn't surprise me that we're doing well that way as far as, you know, listening to all the protocol because that's the type of kids we have. Uh, the academy lends itself to that too, uh, being that, you know, we're on a yard. It's basically, you know, we're on a, we're on a military installation. So, you know, you kind of got your own. Uh, bubble, so to speak. And so that's definitely helped us. Um, so, you know, I've been proud of our guys. They've done a great job of when they're away, wearing their masks. You know, it's hard, it's hard to do. I mean, that's we're not used to that as a society, walking around with a mask or doing those kinds of things. But our, our guys have been really good about that. And, and we got to continue to do that, to have a chance to keep playing um, each game and having our maximum amount of players who can be on the field. And so far, so good. Coach, I'd like to take a kind of a walk backwards and take us back to that moment where you found out that BYU'd be the opener for your football squad. I, I want to know the emotions because I know you've got some great connections and some friendships and and you know these, these men pretty well here in Provo. W- what went through your mind when you heard that BYU was going to be on the schedule as the opener? Well, I mean, I was in discussion with our AD about it. And so when the Notre Dame game fell through, so we're just discussing different opponents. Uh, some of the thoughts at one point were maybe some FCS schools that were close by, you know, in our in our region. You know, because that was a point that none of us knew if you're going to play. And we're like, well, maybe we get a team that just only has to bus to get here. But then I was concerned about, you know, do those schools have the, the resources to make sure that their players are safe, that they're testing like we were doing. And I wasn't so sure about that. And I just like, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable playing those schools, uh, if they're not doing the same things we are. And so we looked at some other Power 5 schools, but that was when the Power five, a lot of the Power 5 schools were dropping out, the Big Ten, the Pac-12. The ACC only played at home. Their non-conference game was only going to be at third place. So kind of limited some people. And then we just both talked, and the school that came to my mind was BYU. That, you know, I knew that there would be a team that uh, would have the resources to make sure that they're – their team and their staff was safe. Um, so I just brought up to our AD, how about BYU? And, you know, I think the really good football program be a great get some national exposure, two teams that got national followings. He said, I'll get back to you. He, you know, must have had Tom's number on speed dial or something because he called me back <laughs> within a couple of hours later. Like, it's on. 
It's like, whoa, that was pretty quick. So, <laughs> Just um, a couple of hours is all it took, huh? Yeah, it wasn't very. It wasn't long at all, man. Just uh, then he said, "Just it's on now." The last pieces we're just working out TV stuff, but apparently he had talked to Tom, and you know Tom was on board. They just had to work out some of the nuts and bolts of the contractual stuff, and then it was exciting. Then like, wow, we're playing BYU. You know what I mean? Just, um, but I have great respect for them, for Kosataki, the program, uh, their players. You know, I, and again, I know who they are the type of young men they have. They're similar to our young men, great kids, great people. You know what I mean? And just, um, I know what the school stands for. So obviously I have great respect for the school. So it was exciting. It was exciting. But I, I know this, I've gotten more calls uh, from um, state presidents, mission presidents, and bishops, and different members since this call has happened like since this game was called, and so that was kind of funny. But uh, a lot of relatives, you know, that I, I know are now trying to get tickets, and I had to explain to the. I don't think anybody's coming to the game, so. But um, it's 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 been exciting because just I know who they are, and also they're a really good football team too. So that's we're excited to play, but I have to make sure that our team's ready to play a really good football team. That's got a lot of returners coming back on their team. Well, Coach, I'm sure you can't go to church or you can't go to dinner uh, without somebody coming up and asking you, how do you replace a player like Malcolm Perry? So I guess I'll just ask you the same thing. How do you try to replace a player like Malcolm Perry? It's hard. You can't. I mean, I mean, he's the. there's only been one quarterback in the history of college football that's rushed for 2,000 yards. So, I mean, you don't replace that. You know, just we try to adapt. You know, I think what we did last year is just try to adapt to his skill sets. And that's what we're going to have to do with Dalen. He's an athletic quarterback, but he can also throw the football. And so we just got to, you know, we've tried to do that over the years. We're always going to be an option team. You know, I'm not going to say we're going to be air raid or anything like that. But I I feel like we've always played to the strengths of our quarterbacks. And having a quarterback that can throw the football um, definitely allows you to keep people honest, keep the secondary honest. Um. You know, with Malcolm, we really didn't have to do that as much because aggressive secondaries, he just made them miss. Where with aggressive secondaries against with, with our quarterback, we feel really good about putting the ball in the air. So, you know, I'm excited about the skill sets that he brings. And you had such a tough team last year, Coach. Uh, tough nose along with Malcolm, of course. But I- I'm curious, that 10-2 team, how, how many starters do you have returning, of course, with the exit Malcolm? Uh, well, we got quite a few, but we went eleven to. The wins are hard to get, so I don't want to. I don't want to let you take one of those. I don't want Sorry, you to ten, take one of those. Ten and two in the regular season. I I hate to take that one away from you, coach. Eleven and but, two. Um, you're right. But um, you know, we feel good about our team coming back. But last year was last year. This is a new season. You know, it's so coaches cliche, but it's true. I mean, every year is a new year, and you got to come back. But I, I, I love the fact that, you know, we, you got our two starting linebackers coming back. Uh, you know, Diego Fogo is probably one of the first um, NFL-type linebackers that, you know, that's got a chance to play at the next level. We don't get too many of those guys. And, you know, 6'3", 245-pound kid that can run, smart. A lot of already really already got NFL interest. Our two starting second – our secondary is coming back, which is exciting. 
Um, our, on the offensive side, a lot of our skill guys are coming back, except the quarterback, and part of our line's coming back. And so, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. We got a lot of guys coming back, but we're, you know, we don't have some of our positions coming back up front. We lost our Russian and one of our best outside linebackers. Um, you know, so that that that's that's tough. But everybody goes to that. So you know, we just try to next guy up mentality. You have a uh, you have a quarterback who obviously is is making you know from last year that's making a trying to make a run in the NFL. You've mentioned uh, other players that are receiving some NFL interest. When you play a game like this, where you're going to have all eyes of the sporting world on you uh, come Monday night on on network TV, how much does that assist when it comes to recruiting to try to tell young men, hey, not only are you coming here get a world class education, but if you're good enough, we can find a way to get you in the NFL as well. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, we use that a lot, obviously, in recruiting, that, you know, we're, we're on TV pretty much every week. You know, and so it's, you know, we're, we get a lot of national exposure. But this being the only game, like you said, on Labor Day is a pretty cool deal. Playing another team that's got, you know, fans all across the country, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting just, I think people are excited just to see college football, you know, and for us. And BYU to be the two teams playing, I think it's a great testament to both schools and both programs that were able to get their their teams to this point. And I think it's super exciting. Coach, it was announced that the Brigade of Midshipmen will be in attendance. I know no fans, but the Brigade of Midshipmen. Explain to everybody what that entails, what that means, what it means to you, what it could mean to the kind of the surrounding, the noise, the environment of that game. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be sad not to have them. You know, they're, obviously the brigade is a big part of who we are. I mean, I don't think there's very many of the schools that the entire student body comes to the football games. I mean, you normally have fans attend. I mean, a lot of students attend, but our entire student body comes to our football games. They're a big part of who we are. Um, you know, we're a tough team to beat at home. You know, we don't have the biggest stadium in the world, but we fill it up every week. And having the brigade there, and you know, um, you know, their noise and the enthusiasm that they bring, um, you know, is always a, a big plus for us. So not having them is, you know, I'm sad about that because I've been in this stadium 23 years, and obviously this will be the first time that this happens. But I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the right call. You know, it's our first game. Uh, as our superintendent said, Let, let's crawl before we can walk. Let's make sure we can get this right. And then kind of see where we're at from there. See what the government officials say. Hey, can we add more people? But, you know, obviously we'd love to have fans there, our mids. Love that BYU fans could come too. But in, in light of everything that's going on to start our first game, this is the right thing to do. Mm. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Good luck coming up on Monday, and uh, look forward to keeping track of Navy and how you guys do this year. We're excited to uh, excited to see uh, what the season holds for you. Okay, guys, thanks for having me. You guys, take care. Thanks, Coach. Head Coach of Navy, uh, Ken Niamatololo, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. About a week or so ago, uh, Navy was saying that they were leaning towards allowing the a brigade of midshipmen to attend the game. Right. Uh, well, yesterday... Um, the midshipmen were told, "No, you're not coming." So I didn't see the, the reverse <laughs> course on that one. I didn't see the news report yesterday. Yeah.
because we remember, I didn't either. Yeah, we talked about the release that Navy had put out that the midshipmen would be there. Yeah. Uh, so empty stadium, completely empty stadium. That actually kind of bums me out. I was I hoping to see them in the stands and to kind of fill the environment of the whole thing. Yeah. You can tell bummed, bummed out Coach Ken, too. I know. It stinks. I mean, the whole thing stinks. Coach Ken's a great guy, and and um, I, I didn't get an opportunity to ask him about the, the video of him joining Coach Whittingham to announce his son, Ali'i, yeah. and his scholarship. I thought it was really cool. That was one of the videos that got put out, and he got to tell his son, hey, you're going on scholarship. It was a big moment for him and, and his son. And I've got a lot of respect for, for Coach Ken. And when he was rumored to come to BYU, I, I think a lot of people are excited. I was excited yeah. to think, all right, he's going to bring in a, a, a lot of consistency and, and base, and it is going to go to probably an option attack, which was a little bit concerning. But I knew that they could, would get a good man, and, of course, went the other way. went well for Kalani. Yeah, a lot of people thought that big Navy carrier was coming through that ocean right here to Provo, but not quite. Not, wasn't quite the case. Ocean doesn't yep. come in that far. No. <laughs> I think we all found out. You, you think he got like, a little, Provo's a little landlocked. You think he got to San Diego and was just like, no, going to have to turn this thing around, take it back to Annapolis. You think anybody knows what we're even talking about? No. No. All right. Hands and Scotty, Mark's hanging out with us live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. I love the Titan, man. One of these days. What a great truck, I told right? my wife the other day, like, one of these days I'm going to have a Titan. Yes. I need a Titan. They're so nice. And we're selling a lot of them right now. The 2020s uh, are uh, here, and we've got a lot of them to go. Pro 4X, we've got the SB. The Pro 4X is the uh, kind of the off-road towing, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it's got the tow mirrors, all that stuff. And for your listeners and for everyone out there who's thinking about getting one, a Labor Day sales event is happening now. Zero percent interest up to 72 months on a new titan that's yeah. going to save you tens of thousands of dollars oh yeah just well it's free money yeah you know i mean this is something that just we, we saw kind of happen during the pandemic and it's all gone now but we still have it on the nissan titan mm. so you can come in and get one of those for uh and well, your favorite things are um forever warranty worry-free sanitize and uh, the best price in town. What, what, you can't be beat. Uh, the Altima with all-wheel drive. And uh, that's been out for, what, about a year? Year and a half now? Uh, yeah, year and a half. Um, totally redesigned. Really great. Great gas mileage. Wonderful interior. It's got all the tech you could ever want. Uh, and uh, comes in a bunch of different trims. One ninety-nine a month on a lease mm-hmm. for this Day weekend. You've got to come in and see this. And we need your car. We need you to trade in your car. We need used cars badly. So if you want to strike a deal that you haven't been able to in the past, now's the time. They need your trade-in. You come in, five months, no payments when you trade in that vehicle on these new vehicles. And you talk about that Sentra. Uh, that lease, what did you say, 159? 149? Yeah, yeah on a lease. Unreal. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Let's, let's make it happen. Get down here, folks. Uh, Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.